0: Our pastor is away this morning. He's in Perth visiting his terminally ill brother. So I would appreciate you and he would appreciate you praying for them as a family at this time. I'm Chris. Most people here know him, know me as a gardener and so we can leave it at that. I love celebrating. The balloons are always a sign of Celebration, aren't they? I didn't blow all those up this morning. We actually had my grandson's birthday party in the back hall yesterday, so I saw those balloons and thought, great, I'll use those. See, I love celebrating because the God that we worship is so good. What has God done for me? John 3.16 says, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one an only son, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Hallelujah. That's great news. My putrid sinful life has been done away because of Jesus Christ. That's awesome. I want to continue to celebrate that. Folks, I know what I am like. I know that I fall short of God's glory. And yet God does not withdraw his love from me. So this morning I come to celebrate the wonder of Jesus Christ. First up, when Jesus was finishing his ministry on earth, And you'll read this particular verse. It's the very last verse in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, verse 20, I think it is. And Jesus said to his disciples, to his followers, I make you a promise, I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. Until the end of the age. You know how he fulfilled that? He sent the Holy Spirit to live within us. Isn't that something to celebrate? That as his children or as his sisters and brothers, as God the Father's children, we have something worthy of celebration. About now you can start to break into smiles because this is good news for you as it is for me. Our God has provided for us. So if you go into chapter 1 of Acts, then you read Jesus saying to the disciples, look, stay in Jerusalem for the moment because God is going to give you a gift. And when that gift comes, then you will go out. You will be empowered to live the life that God has chosen for you. The gift, again, is the Holy Spirit. He lives within us all the time. That can be frightening, can't it? Because sometimes when we do the wrong thing as the children of living God, we're doing it right with the Holy Spirit looking over our shoulder. And it should be embarrassing because we shouldn't be doing the wrong thing. But we have the Holy Spirit who is a gift from God. In chapter 2 of the book of Acts, we see the results of the Holy Spirit moving on the lives of the believers. We call it Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit came down and filled the room and filled them with God's Spirit. And the wonders that happened because of what the Holy Spirit did was that ordinary, smelly fishermen spoke in tongues. Everybody, the Bible says, who were in Jerusalem at the time heard them speak. And it didn't matter where they came from, they understood in their own tongue what was being said. And it was the truth about Jesus Christ. Isn't that something worth celebrating? Seriously, folks, get some smiles on your faces. We have a wonderful God. We have been given salvation. We have not been deserted to face the world in our own strength, but we have the Spirit of God living in us to bring about miraculous things in us. Last week we read with Elliot from chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. We got it there, Rob? From verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts. See, the Holy Spirit, who is a gift from God, brings gifts. I don't know about you, but I love getting gifts. My wife would tell you a different story. She says, when we give you gifts, all you do is sit there and say, that's my love language. But I do love getting gifts. We all do, don't we? The Holy Spirit comes and there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in everything, it is the same God at work. In some versions of NIV, it's rather than saying the same God or, uh, and the same Lord, it says the same Spirit. Now to each one is a manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. What that really is saying is everyone who believes in Jesus Christ is given at least one gift. You cannot say as a child of the living God, oh, I've got nothing from God. The Scripture plainly shows that we all have gifts, some multiple gifts, Sometimes you will be given a gift and because you use it and use it well for the Lord in his power, he gives you more gifts. So what are the gifts? To one there is given the spirit of a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one spirit to another miraculous powers, to another prophecies, to another distinguishing spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to another, and to still another, the interpretation of the tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So not only do we have the wonder of Jesus coming onto the cross to save us of our sins, he promised that he would not leave us and that's fulfilled in the coming of the Holy Spirit into our lives. And he indwells us. He doesn't just drop in from time to time and then leaves again as happened in the Old Testament. He comes, he lives within us but he can only do those things that God sent him to do if we allow him to do so. When I was growing up in the Baptist churches of the 1950s and 60s, we used to talk about God the Father, God the Son, and shh, we didn't talk about the Holy Spirit because we saw excesses in the Pentecostal church and we shut him out. The word or term that we used to use back in those days was quenching the Holy Spirit. And if you get the sense, it's like having a big bucket of water and every time the Holy Spirit tried to do something, we went whoo, and we quenched him out. Sinning against God to quench the Holy Spirit. He's being given to you to empower you to glorify God. To be given the opportunity to serve a living God like we have is worth celebrating, isn't it? We have been given a wonderful opportunity to serve the creator of all things. Can you get your mind around who God is that you might serve him? For many years I drew the picture or tried to draw the picture in front of people that This is God, there's his hands, he's got the universe in the palm of his hands and he controls it all. That makes God actually very small. God is huge, God is enormous. God has always been and will always be. Can you get your mind around that? God is all powerful, there's nothing he cannot do. God is all-knowing. And some suggest, C.S. Lewis, one of them, that if God does not know it, he can learn it. This God who is so huge, so wonderful, so loving to those who do what he says, why wouldn't you not celebrate that? He's come to you. He's given you his son. He's come to you. And when Jesus left the world, the Holy Spirit, God's spirit came to live within you. With him coming, he brought gifts. Things that empower us to serve this awesome God. I don't know about you, but when I look at myself, I think to myself, who am I? God would want to use me I think about my family and I see my family in some ways as a bit of a garden shed and you go into the shed and there's all these lovely tools to be used and my sisters and brothers are all very highly intelligent people they're the sharp spades the fancy tools and God chose to pick a grubby little spade out of the corner of the shed because it felt good in his hand. And this is what God does. God doesn't pick the fancy people to serve him. He picks the people who are available and then he equips them. He sharpens them. He places them in the places where he wants them to be. How could you not worship a God like that? I actually spent four years in theological college back in the early 80s. And if there was a vote to be taken about who was least likely to make it, I'd have been the one that they would have picked. Yet that was not God's purpose. God, through the power of his spirit, chose a different course. See, Isaiah chapter 55 says this. It's talking about God. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. As high as the heaven is above the earth, so my thoughts are higher than yours and my ways higher than yours. As a child of the living God, being available and allowing the Holy Spirit to work and live within you is his problem, not yours. You just have to say, yes, Lord. That's a bit of a preamble, actually, to where I'm supposed to be. If you've got your scriptures, I'd get you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I feel very much like Paul as I stand before you. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I don't come with a great vision of who who I'd like to think you were, or I'd like you to think I was. I come simply because God has placed me here. I come, I pray, in his wisdom, to challenge you this morning to to hear what he says and then to start doing it. I came to you in weaknesses and, and weakness and fear with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith may not rest on man's wisdom but on God's power. As we serve this wonderful, awesome God, there needs to be a realisation in our hearts that we can only do that because the Spirit of God is living in us and is working in us and empowering us to do the things that he has called us to do. It's not me that does the things that I do when it comes to working for God. It is God's Spirit in me giving me gifts and abilities that are beyond who Chris Boland is. In the first church I worked in as a pastor, and I was at college at the time, they had this super butte sound system. They had an engineer who was a sound system engineer in the church and he made, it, made this thing and he made it so that if you kept dropping your voice it would actually pick it up and raise the volume. It failed with me. I was so timid and so frightened that people struggled to hear. It wasn't my ability that gave me the point now where I actually could lose this microphone. That's God's spirit at work because God empowers those who trust in him who humble themselves before the Lord. The scripture says in 1 John, humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. Not get up there and say, aren't I wonderful? Because you're not. None of us are. But we're saved. And we're children of the living God. But our job is to trust God to do what he wants to do. And whether you end up being, for young people, the pastor of a church, and I wouldn't wish that on you, in all honesty. If you become a pastor of a church, it's because God puts you there. Whether you're the person who cleans the toilets or does the garden, we do it in the strength of the Holy Spirit to God's glory, not to our being able to say look how wonderful i am so as we read on we do however speak a message of wisdom among the mature but not a mess not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing no we speak of god's secret wisdom a wisdom that has been hidden that God destined for our glory before the time before time began none of the rulers of this age understood it if they had they would not have crucified the lord of glory however it is written no eye has seen no ear has heard no mind has conceived for what god has prepared for those whom love him but God has revealed it to us by his spirit this is the wonder of the Holy Spirit living in us that the things that are revealed to us are by his spirit it's interesting that as you read the Old Testament in particular if you want to do a word search you will read somewhere like about 900 times the word of God Went to Abraham or to Moses or whoever it might have been. The Word of God was not the Scriptures. The Word of God that is spoken so many times in the Old Testament and again in the New is an audible voice from the Holy Spirit. And you might say to me, but I've never heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. You need to train your ears. As a child of the living God, he is talking to you. He is wanting to have the freedom to come to you and tell you things that you need to know. This is what the scripture teaches. Many people struggle with it. Because I've heard people say, but, yeah, you know, I hear people coming to me and saying, God told me. And sometimes those God told me comments do not, are not supported by scripture. A friend of mine, a lovely godly man, had a woman come to him one day and said, God told me, she'd only just started coming to a particular church, God told me that I'm to preach here. And he said, that's really lovely. He says, when God tells me as well, then we'll talk about it. Because it needs to be confirmed that God is speaking. Now, how does God speak? Well, for me, sometimes it's nearly like an audible voice, like someone sitting next to me and I hear this voice. Often it's thoughts that come to mind out of left field, if I can describe it that way. So I'm thinking about something and all of a sudden something else comes into mind. And I know that if in 12 hours time or 24 hours time i'm not thinking about that anymore that wasn't from god when god starts to speak into my ear he doesn't let go until i actually do what he tells me to do so for days he can be talking to me and he will tell me what i need to do he will give me sometimes the exact words i need to speak to talk to people because he knows the hearts of men and women one of the, the interesting ones and Peter Hatfield will appreciate this, we had a Toyota Crown which I bought, it was an older one and I thought this will make a nice older car to have in the garage and I'm driving with a friend to, while well, catch him at one stage, doing the Lord's work, going up to pick up radio bits and pieces so that we could put Sunshine FM through Katanning. And I'm having a bit of a snooze in the driver's seat just south of Wagen, and my mate wasn't watching the temperature gauge and it boiled and he didn't stop and slowly but surely it just got slower and slower and slower till it did stop. Now, I do have a mechanical background. I'm actually a fitter and machinist and diesel fitter by trade. So I had a fair clue that this motor was actually cooked, seized. It was going nowhere. And so I got my brother-in-law from the farm south to come and pick this up and take it back to the farm. We weren't doing well financially at the time and the car was parked in his shed and we really didn't have another vehicle to be able to move the family around. One Friday night we're in bed sleep and my wife gets a tap from God And God says to her, look, in the morning you tell Chris to go out to the farm, take the keys with him and start the car and drive it home. He didn't do it once, I think it was three or four times he came to her and said, this is what you ought to do. So when we woke up in the morning, she tells me we'd had a cup of tea and we were sitting around a little and she was a bit intimidated by this message that she was given. And she said to me, look, I don't know how you're going to view this, but God told me last night that he wants you to go out and start the car and bring it home. I said, fine, no problems. I rang up a mate and said, can you take me out to the farm? I took the keys and we went out. Third turn of the key, the motor fired. And it ran for another nine months before it stopped again. Not only is that a story about the miraculous power of God to do the supernatural in areas where we're experts, like the fishermen who couldn't catch fish in stories in the Bible, but also that if we listen to God, God will do the miraculous. If I had said to my wife, you've got to be joking, I know that motor's cooked. I know it won't turn. If I'd gone out after that and tried to turn it, it wouldn't have. It would have been ceased. But God wants us to hear his voice. He wants us to listen to it and do what he tells us to do. God has empowered us as his children to do supernatural things and to see supernatural things happen. This is our God. God. Worship him. This is our God. Listen to him. This is our God. Celebrate and party. Because he is good. The Holy Spirit that he has sent to live in you and to live in me has not come to hurt me, has not come to bring bad things to me. Only good. I do not need to fear the Holy Spirit. I do not need to fear his voice. Sometimes the things he tells me are hard. But I don't need to fear him. I need to put my faith in him. So let me read on. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thought of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught us by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things. But he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Folks, the Holy Spirit lives in those who believe in Jesus continually, He does not sleep. As you sleep, it does not have a forgetful memory. It does not carry the frailties of humankind. And he so desires to have the freedom and access to your heart that would allow God to do his mighty will in you. Folks, Don't get caught up in man's wisdom. These days you can spend a lot of time on the computer reading what every man and his dog has to say about every subject. You can do the same reading about what people have to say about the scripture. My principal at Theo College said to me my last year, when you leave this place, do not stop reading what other people have to say. And I think that was a regretful comment because God doesn't care what other people have to say. God wants to know that I care what he has to say and that I actually have ears to hear what he has to say. Jesus said to his disciples, if you have ears to hear, listen. If you have ears to hear, you can say it. Listen, this is God's call on you and me, that we have ears to hear him and then a will to do that which pleases him. Thank you for tuning in to our latest message. Please visit our SoundCloud profile at KBC Media for more podcasts. We would love to invite you to Kalgoorlie Baptist Church to attend our 10 a.m. services on Sunday mornings. Kalgoorlie Baptist Church, where our vision is faith found in Jesus, hope for the future, and love for our community.